Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Good. Who had pumpkin pie for breakfast this morning? <laughs> Only a couple people telling the truth, okay? This is church. Yeah, it's all gone. Didn't last till Sunday, right? Y'all, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving, uh, restful Thanksgiving, a food-packed Thanksgiving. We did. It's my deep breaths right now. Um, man, we could have just stayed in worship. I think that would have been just fine this morning, but here we are. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for worship. Uh, we're grateful here. Um, anyone set up their Christmas tree before Thanksgiving this year? Anyone? Come on, be proud. It's okay. I did. We did. Okay. Anyone uh, not set up their Christmas tree yet? Okay. Oh, my goodness gracious. We're going to have a special altar call for y'all at the end of the service that we would cast the, the demon spirit of the Grinch out of you in Jesus' name. We set up our Christmas tree uh, a Saturday before because Thanksgiving was so late this year. Like, and, you know, Jesse's like, let's just wait. Come on, what's the... Let's wait. We can, get, we can get half off a tree at Ace Hardware. We just wait till Black Friday. I was like, I don't care. I want it in the house now. So she, uh, me being her third child, said, okay, we'll go get it. And we went and got our tree. And as we're decorating it, you know, we had Elf on and, and all that stuff. And we put Christmas, started listening to Christmas carols. Anyone listen to Christmas carols before Thanksgiving? Okay, a little bit more there. Okay, good. There's something about Christmas carols that are just awesome, especially at the beginning of the holidays. At the end, it's like if I hear, you know, Winter Wonderland one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. But there is just something about Christmas carols that, that fills the house with joy. It just, it does something in us. Uh, I was washing dishes the other night and uh, we had Michael Buble Christmas album on repeat. That's basically all we listen to Christmas carol wise. It's amazing. And uh, walking into Winter Wonderland's on, I'm washing dishes. Well, you know, this isn't that bad of a chore right now because I got Christmas carols going on. And, you know, for the most part, we all, you know, you grow up in them, you, you know Christmas carols, you know them by heart, most of them, and even if you don't know every word, you know the gist of them, and you can sing them to the point where you're really not even paying attention to what you're saying, right? It's just on, you're like, oh, I know that one, and you just start singing, you're not, you're doing 50 other things, you know, whether you're in the car going to the mall or doing this or that, it's, just, it's such a busy time of the year that the Christmas carols that we're singing, a lot of times we don't even know what we're saying. And that's especially true for the Christmas carols that are about Jesus and that are scriptural. Because when you really pay attention to the scriptural Christmas carols, they are some of the most powerful worship songs out there. I mean, they really are. The lyrics in Christmas carols are amazing. But because they're so traditional and, and we've known them so well, a lot of times we we forget what they're really saying or we simply just don't pay attention. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to take one Christmas carol every Sunday and we're going to break it down. And we're going to talk about not necessarily what the song is saying specifically, but who it's saying about. And so we're going to take a song and we're going to look at it and, and our hope is that we're going to get a better understanding of Jesus and a greater understanding of what he's done for us in this time. And so the first carol that we're going to look at today is a bit, it's the runt of the litter a little bit. It's the ugly stepchild, I think, of Christmas carols. It's one of my favorites, though, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't know why a lot of people don't love it like I do, but um, whatever. We actually did it this morning, and that's Little Drummer Boy. Okay, we're going to look at Little Drummer Boy. I remember uh, about two or three years ago, we 
open the Christmas Eve service, which is Christmas Eve service. If you've never been, you've got to come this year. It's on Christmas Eve at 6 o'clock, and it's, it's music. We do, we, we, it's, it's really music-oriented. And I told someone, we're going to open Christmas Eve service with Little Drummer Boy. And I was pumped, and they're like, what? Why would you do that? And I'm like, because it's awesome. It's a, it's a great song. And so we're going to look at that this morning. We're going to look at the lyrics of Little Drummer Boy. Okay, let's pray as we begin. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for what you've already done. God, we haven't even begun the sermon and you've already moved. And uh, that's just incredible, Lord. You are amazing. You don't wait. You just drop in and change everything. And uh, we just pray, God, that that would continue now. That what we experience in worship, how we draw closer to you, we would just continue in that right now in your word and what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's look at verse one. We're gonna go verse by verse here. And it says, come they told me. Okay, we're not going to dissect the perumpa pump pumps. All right. There's no Greek or Hebrew meaning behind perumpa pump pum. It's just the sound that a snare drum makes when you hit it. Okay, and especially if you have some rhythm. So we're not going to be dissecting perumpa pump pum. All right. So we're just going to set those to the side. Come, they told me, a newborn king to see, our finest gifts we bring to lay before the king, so to honor him when we come. That's the first verse. Incredible verse. This song is about a boy that hears that, that Jesus, the king, has been born, and he needs to come see this baby, this king. And the first verse begins with the very first line with an imperative and an exclamation. Come! Come! These people that have, that have heard are saying to this little drummer boy, you gotta come see this baby king. You gotta. And I love their enthusiasm. I love with how, how they tell him. And, and as we've been talking about in these last couple of weeks about carrying the mat and bringing people to Jesus and bringing people to church and inviting them, this is the model. This, in, in verse one of, o little, of Little Drummer Boy, this is the model for how we're to do that. Come, you gotta see this. Not like what we do sometimes, which is more like, um, so if... Uh, if you're not busy, then I don't want to intrude. Maybe you could come to church sometime. I don't want to offend you, but if you want to come to church sometime. That's not like an invitation that inspires anybody to get excited over Jesus, right? But a lot of times that's our approach. I wonder what the difference would be, what the result would be if instead we were like this song and said, you gotta come, come. Come see this thing. Come see this person that I know that you need to know this king. Come. So it begins with this imperative exclamation of come see this Jesus. And then what do they do as they're seeing this, this king? It says, as they're coming, it says, our finest gifts we bring. Not a gift we bring, but our finest gifts we bring. So as they are going to see the king, as they are going to see Jesus, their attitude is one, invite, and is two, offering. So as they go to see Jesus, again, the first two reactions are invitation and offering. You notice there, it's not about them. There's no I in the first verse of this song. The initial reaction is go bring someone with them and then bring the king something. 
And I wonder, because what we need to understand here is that it's a king that they're going to see. It is a king. And because we read of Jesus being this gracious, merciful, humble, loving, patient God who eats with tax collectors and prostitutes, who touches the leper, who heals the blind and the sick. I mean, because we read about this Jesus, and that's exactly who he is, he is all those things, we forget a lot of times that he is also king. That he sat on his throne first. His existence here on earth is bookended by him on the throne. He came off the throne as king, came down to the depths of, to live with us, and then went back to his throne. So there is that time where he was here on earth where he, yes, was king, but he was so many other things. But then at the beginning and at the end, he is king, king. And so as, as we approach Jesus, we need to remember that we are approaching the king. And so because of that, we bring our finest gifts. Why? Well, as the song says, to honor him. They bring the gifts to honor Jesus. Listen to this verse. If you ever want to get fired up for Jesus, read this. It's Revelation 19, starting in verse 11. John says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe, at his thigh, was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. That is Jesus. That's who we're saying, come, come, see. And as we do, we, we have to say, what can I bring this king? What can I bring him? Because a lot of times, if we're being honest with ourselves, we approach God not as king, but as a Mr. Fix-It. Say, God, here's what I need. This is the problems that I'm having. This is what I have going on, and it's I, 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 I. And we forget all that time that he is king. And I want to challenge you all. From the, if this is your first time here or you've been going here forever, it does not matter. This is for every single person. I want to challenge you. If you've never done this before or if you do it regularly to continue, when you pray, bow. Bow when you pray. It doesn't have to be the whole time, but I challenge you. And in you know, whatever state you're in physically, however you can do that, but to get on your knees and to bow before the king. Here's why. When we bow before Jesus as king, it puts everything into perspective. Amen. When we bow before him and at his feet, it puts everything in perspective. And it is also one of the safest places you can be, is bowing at the foot of our king. And if we start our prayer like that, everything else just falls into place. It is, it is one of the coolest things you can do. And I, I promise the first time you do it, it might feel a little weird at first. But I'm not asking you to do it in front of the entire church. Okay? In the quiet of your house, with the door shut, 
no one else watching, bow before your king and just see what happens. I dare you. I dare you to do that this week. Because if you do, I promise you'll do it again. Because there's just something that is so powerful about it. It brings back into remembrance him as king. And here's the thing that we need to understand. Uh, um, Jason uh, asked me to speak to the youth a couple weeks ago. They're doing a series on worship. So I, I had a chance to speak with them and it was fun. And, and one of the points I made was our God that we serve is, is an inclusive God. He's not exclusive. And, and what I mean by that is everything, everything that God has ever created, everything that he has ever done was for the, the primary purpose was to exalt him. As, as he created us, our purpose is to exalt him. The, his whole creation, the stars in the sky, the oceans, the mountains, all of it, all of creation, the primary purpose is to give glory back to him. But the coolest thing about that is when we engage in his creation, we are then blessed by it too. Look no further than the worship this morning. Worship is made as a gift for us to exalt him. But when we do that, when we sing the name of Jesus, when we, when we sing of his love and his glory and his goodness, what happens? We get blessed. So when we come to Jesus as king and we bow before him, it is not for him to say, ha, that's where you're supposed to be. It's, it's to bring back remembrance of who he is in our lives and then we are blessed through it. And when we bring our finest gifts, when we bring our offerings, we are blessed because of it because God, as we exalt him, is inclusive. And, and he says, look, this is, just isn't for me. This is for all of us. You're my children. So be with me in this. He's inclusive. So it's never about trying to prove anything. It's about exalting him and then him wrapping us in it. And it is the most amazing thing. God is so incredibly good. When we wor our worship honors him, loving others honors him, serving honors him, but it also, in all those things and so many other things, it blesses us. So I have a question. What are you bringing the king? What are you bringing the king? What is your finest gift? What is your finest gift? What are the things that you can bring to bless him? Verse two. And I love, I love this verse because it's like this, this sweet, honest conversation now between the little drummer boy and Jesus. And, they're and he's talking to the baby. And he says, little baby, I am a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring. Not that's fit to give the king. Shall I play for you on my drum? I love that. The sincerity, the vulnerability, the truth in this boy telling Jesus, I don't have anything. I see you as king, but I don't have a gift. I don't have things like other people have. I don't have the gold and the frankincense and myrrh. I don't have the ability to do this. I don't have that. All I have is me. But I'm going to give you all the ending to the sermon right here. It's not about the stuff that we bring Jesus. The offering that he wants is us. He wants our heart. He wants our affection. So there is never a moment in our lives where we should ever utter the phrase, Jesus, I don't have anything to give you. Here's the cool thing. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna release you that right now. He doesn't need anything from you. Jesus doesn't need a thing from any of us. But what he wants is our heart. What he wants is the things that we're passionate about, the things that we love, 
to just give back to him. So this boy has a drum that he can play. So that's the offering that he gives. Shall I play my drum for you? Does Jesus need someone to play the drum for him? No. But does he want this boy to give him something that would bless him? Yes. And so he gives him a song on a drum. Luke 18, starting in verse 9, says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So in this story, we have two people, one who thinks he's got awesome gifts, and the other one that doesn't think he's got any gifts. And Jesus said the one that didn't think he had any gifts is the one that's exalted. Jesus is not wowed by our stuff. He's wowed by our heart. And that is what he wants. That is the offering that he wants. And I, and I love this. I, I didn't realize this until I started working on this song this week. The, the second line of this verse where it says, I am a poor boy too. I am a poor boy also. I thought, well, who's he talking to here? Is he talking to other people? Well, he's talking to Jesus. That's where the dialogue's happening. So he's looking at Jesus. He says, I am a poor boy too which how I interpret that, and whether this is what the songwriter meant or not, I don't know, but how I interpret that is, is he's looking at Jesus and it's like Jesus can relate to our poverty. He can relate to our brokenness. He can relate to how we feel when we come to him saying, I, don't, I got nothing for you. I'm a mess. I'm poor. I don't, I don't have anything to give. And when the boy looks at him, he's like, I'm a poor boy too. It's like, we can relate. And you know what? Jesus can relate because yes, he is king, but he also came down here and he left his throne so that he can relate to everything that we go through. And so if you're feeling that way this morning, like you can't approach the king because you don't have anything to give him, that is a lie. That is something that the devil tries to tell us over and over again so that we won't go to the king because when we do go to him, in spite of our condition, we experience his love and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. We need to understand it's not about the stuff that we give him. It's about our heart. He can relate to our poverty. And I'm not just talking about monetary poverty. I'm talking about poverty of the heart, the brokenness that we walk in. Jesus can relate to it. Mark chapter 12 says in verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. It's not about the stuff. It's not about the stuff. It's about going to the Lord and giving him of ourselves. Second question to ask. What is your drum? This boy said to, said to Jesus, I don't have anything. Shall I play my drum for you? So what is your drum? On, on Friday morning, uh, a few of us gathered in here to decorate 
the sanctuary. Doesn't look awesome, by the way. Doesn't look awesome. I was just here to open the sanctuary and turn on Michael Buble Christmas carols uh, while they decorated, but uh, and, yeah, and vacuum. And Leah Underwood uh, was here helping along with Becky and Pam, and um, Linda Hall was here. Nora was here. Um, it was it was an awesome group. And um, but Leah said something interesting as we were leaving. She said, "You know, I love doing this. So anytime anytime you need me, let me know." To which Becky's eyes got like giant. You know, it's like I got you, but. Um, I love that statement because I believe with all my heart, and I mean this, that I believe it caused the Lord great pleasure to see a group of people come in here on Friday and decorate his house so that it would look awesome for Christmas. And they, they did it because they enjoyed doing it. That's the drum. That's the drum. And so the question is, what is your drum? What are the things that you love to do? What are the passions that you have and how can you give that back to Jesus? We have a sign-up sheet in the back right now for meals ministry. Tina mentioned it during announcements. If you love to cook, if you're good at it, that is a huge drum. But what, is, what are those things that you can give to the Lord and to others, to love everybody? What is your drum? Verse 3. Mary nodded, the ox and lamb kept time. I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. Then he smiled at me, me and my drum. I love the beginning of this verse, by the way. The little drum boy is kind of feeling himself right here, right? He's like, Mary was nodding. Yeah, he was playing a beat and she was like, okay, I got you little drummer boy. All right, she's not, I mean, can you imagine that? Like he's playing and you look over and the, the mother of Jesus is sitting there like nodding her head, you know? And be like, this is awesome. Not only that, it goes on to say that the ox and the lamb kept time. So we got a manger full of people with rhythm. Like the manger's turned into a little like jazz club, you know? All the animals got sunglasses on. There's, you, you, do, do it, man, do your little drum beat. Ox and lamb kept time. That's a weird line. Well, drummer boy got a little cocky. <laughs> I played my drum for him. I played my best for him. I love that. This is all I have. I can play my drum, but you know what? I'm going to play it as best as I can because you are Jesus, my king. And I want to offer you my best, not my second best, not an afterthought, but I'm going to give my best for you, my king. Are you giving him your best? It's the third question. Are you giving him your best? Because we all have a drum. Every single one of us in here has a drum to play for Jesus. But a lot of times we don't think it's worth anything. We don't think it has value. And so we leave it in the corner to collect dust. And we're, not only are we not giving it our best, we're not giving it anything. We're not giving it any attention at all. We need to take those drums in our lives and bring them out, wipe the dust off of them, and play as best we can for Jesus, our King, to give him that offering. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what the body of Christ would look like if we all played our drums as best we could for him? a lot of problems that we're walking in would go away. A lot of them. 
We, we continually pray and ask Jesus for this and for that, and he's saying, play your drum. Body of Christ, Beaches Chapel, let's play our drums. Imagine what this place would look like. Imagine what, what, what would happen in this place and in, in the churches down the street and in Jacksonville if we all just played as best we could for our king. Because listen to what happens here. As I played my best for him, then he smiled at me, me and my drum. Have you ever been around a baby and you're making all the silly faces and doing all the dumb noises and anything you can? Like you lose all common sense as an adult just to try and make a baby smile at you? You know, any rational behavior that you would have in any other context you would never do, but because there's a baby there, you act like an idiot because you just want this baby to smile at you. Because the smile of a baby at you is so rewarding. It smiled at me! I did it! I acted like a dummy for 10 minutes, but it worked. <laughs> so people come up to us all the time to Jessamy when our youngest daughter talks to them. It's kind of the same thing. They, she, she said something to me. She made eye contact. She's like, she's cold, man. <laughs> she's cold. But when a baby smiles at you, it is one of the most rewarding feelings. If it's not yours, how much more so when Jesus smiles at us? If you've ever experienced that in your life, those moments where you know that you know that you know that you are doing God's will and you feel his good pleasure on you, you feel him smiling on you, it is a feeling that cannot be gotten by any other thing in this world. And as we play our best for him, as we get our drum out and we play and we give our offerings to Jesus, he smiles at us. And it's the greatest reward that there is to have our heavenly father, our king, smile at us. Really should be the other way around. But as we play our drums for him, whatever that is for you, and as we play it, not reluctantly, because as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Well, God loves a cheerful giver. When we give cheerfully to him, when we give out of love, not out of duty, not out of obligation, not because religion tells us to, but because we're in the company of our king and we want to bless him, when that is our motivation and we play our drums for him, he smiles at us. And all those things, all those, th all those questions we have, all those fears and doubts and worries and concerns, they go away like that when Jesus smiles at us. Why? Because he's an inclusive God. And when he smiles at us, it does something to us. So as we bless him, it blesses us. So you want to know how to get through what you're walking through? Invitation and offering. Tell people, come, come. You got to see this. And what am I bringing Jesus Listen, the, the bring, you know, praying about your concerns and your worries, they have their place. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We, God wants us. He says, Lay your, you know, bring me your burdens, right? But, but in the right order. We need to bow before our king first. Because a lot of those burdens, a lot of those worries, once we start bowing, they're, they're not a concern anymore. We don't even have to pray for them because our perspective has changed. 
So I'm going to have the band come up, and we're going to close in worship this morning. And I just, we just want to pray for you. We want to pray for you this morning. If you, you know, as we sang about this morning and walking in fear, if you've forgotten that Jesus is king in your life, whatever this season is bringing you, it's, it's, a, it's, it's wonderful, it's fun, it's extremely stressful, it's extremely hard, it can be lonely. But I, I specifically for those that feel like you have nothing anymore, that your tank is empty, you're like, you're like this little drummer boy that says, I'm at church, I'm coming, but I have nothing I have nothing to give. My tank is empty. I'm, I'm poor. I don't even feel like I can approach the king. I don't feel like I can come to Jesus because my life is a wreck. I'm a mess. I haven't opened a Bible and I don't know how long. I don't know what kind of drum I would even play. I want to pray for you this morning. You need to understand that when we approach the king, he's not looking at, at some laundry list of what we can do. Remember that parable. It was the one that said, I do this, God, I do this, and I do that. I'm so glad I'm not like the others. And then there's the one that couldn't even look up, just beat his chest, said, have mercy. Jesus said, that's the one that was honored. It's not about our stuff. It's not about our accomplishments. It's about our heart and ourselves. We need to stop measuring our drum to other people's drums, what we can offer, what they can offer, because the truth is all of it's it's all the same. It's all measured the same. It's about our heart, our, heart, our heart towards our king and approaching him in that way and allowing him to be inclusive in his glory and bringing us in and wrapping us in. So if that's you this morning, we want to pray for you. We're going to continue to pray for those that we're lifting up um, this season, those that we're believing to come to Jesus. So if you want to come up and get prayed for over that, please do. And if there's anything else we can pray for you about, health, finances, you name it. We're up here. We are a praying church. We believe in the power of prayer. So if we can have our elders and our pastors come on up right now, please come on up. Now I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up. Thank you, Jesus, that you are an inclusive God, that you are a king who sits on your throne, and you are not just a king, but you are the king of kings, meaning everything is under your power and your authority. Nothing is too big for you, God. So as we come and get prayed for, God, I pray that we would all understand that, that as we make our requests, Father, we know that it is not too much for you. Jesus, for those of us that are empty, that feel like we have nothing more to give, especially in this time of year, God, I pray that you would fill us. God, for those of us that have a drum to play, and I believe you've even been putting it on people's hearts already, that we would find an opportunity to play that drum for you our God and our King. Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer this morning, come on up as we worship.